0: Hi there and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Julie. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Before you take a seat, give somebody a hug and a high five. Tell them how great they look today. And it is really, really, really good to see them. Fantastic. All right. Well, how good is it to be celebrating Pentecost Sunday today? You know, um, the history of Pentecost Sunday is... Um, it's roughly, I think it's nine weeks after Easter. Yes, Christmas is almost here. And, uh, and essentially what it, what it is to celebrate is, yes, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but it was already a feast to begin with. It was the, it was the festival of weeks which it was the festival of the early harvest um, back in uh, the days of Israel. And, uh, and essentially it was a great and wonderful time because how, how, many, how many love to count their chickens before they hatch? Like you're just an eternal optimist, right? I always am an eternal optimist. You know what I mean? You know, if, uh, if there's uh, 300 people here on a Sunday, they may as well count them as 500. You know what I'm saying? right? And so, you know, so this is the way we approach church all the time. We're always uh, in that position of faith. And you see, the Festival of of Weeks was celebrated um, as a pre-harvest. It was like the early harvest. How many have grown vegetables? Can I get a show of hands, a few show of hands, a few veggie garden growers. I'll just hold up those thumbs. Yeah, some of them are green, some of them are not so green. But but if, <laughs> you may not know what that joke is, but if you've got a green thumb, you're really good at gardening, right? Uh You don't have to have a green thumb, all right? So don't, anyway, don't take it literally. Anyway, the point is, is that, um, you know, when you're growing your tomatoes, you know, if your tomato plants have heaps of flowers on it, then generally speaking, you can kind of expect a reasonable harvest, right? Because those flowers will be pollinated and then those pollinated flowers will turn hopefully to fruit. And you see, the Festival of Weeks was an early part of uh, the harvest. It was early harvest. It was a festival to celebrate the early harvest. And it's like they, can, they began to already celebrate uh, the coming great harvest. How many know that uh, it's like when the Holy Spirit was poured out at the day, on the day of Pentecost, it was, it was almost like a celebration of what is to come? I hope you're catching what I'm saying this morning. It's like a celebration of what is to come. Listen, listen to me, if the most pinnacle, epic moment that the, of their disciples' lives, when they uh, were filled with the Holy Spirit on the, pen, on the day of Pentecost, if that was the pinnacle moment of their life, then the rest was kind of downhill, wasn't it, right? Yeah. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said that greater things are yet to come. Yeah. Hello? Hello? It was at that point that the greater things word started to be fulfilled. So let me pull this down to you. I haven't even got to my notes yet, so we're going to get there, all right? Greater things are yet to come for you. You have not yet experienced the pinnacle moment of your life. There are better things to come. Well, some of you might say, yeah, well I've got an epic holiday coming up, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. No, I'm not talking about that. Oh, you know, I've got more grandkids on the way, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, no, 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 I don't have any <laughs> grandkids on the way. Uh, but, but I'm looking forward to grandkids. Uh, I was working in my mum's garden yesterday and, um, and, uh, and I could hear the next door neighbour, now they've been there a long Time, right? And I can hear old Tom next door talking with his grandchild. And it was just, I just loved overhearing the conversation between grandpa and, and and Tom—he's obviously been named after his grandfather—and uh, yes, Tom, don't do that. And, and, and he's English, and I'm not going to do my best English accent, but 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 I just love this this generational thing taking place because when I was growing up at 51 Patrick Avenue, um, you know, I couldn't even imagine Tom having a grandchild and I, and me enjoying. That, enjoying that conversation that was taking place virtually all day because the kid didn't stop talking. But, you know, it was just a beautiful moment. Anyway, why did I say that? It's not your finest moment. <laughs> no, this is not my finest moment. But, look, yeah, looking forward to things. Thanks, yeah. You know, you might be looking forward to things to come, and, that, and that's totally great and that's totally fine. But what I'm saying is, is this. You have not yet experienced the fullness of God of what is to come. Yeah. And so what we're stepping into here and what we have this opportunity of celebrating is that we have not yet attained the, 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 the freedom. We have not yet seen the countless salvations. I will not be satisfied until we are seeing 50 to 100 people saved every Sunday. Every meeting we time to get up. Every time we have a prayer meeting, I will not be satisfied unless there's 50 to 100 people at the prayer meeting hungry for God. Turning up on time, being here, pressing into those things. And I understand that life gets busy, but let me tell you, let me tell you, if you wanna be part of the, of the celebrations of the, of the why the Holy Spirit was, be, was poured out, then there's a price to be paid. There's this laying aside and says, no, I'm going to say no to those things so I can say yes to this moment. Friends, no revival started, no revival started except for people pressing in in prayer and the Word. None whatsoever. You say, you know, I, we, we get asked all the time, you know, what do you think? What do you think the the the, the answer for the church of today? Is it, is it lights? Is it you know a haze machine with you know fog? Is it is it a great youth program? And and I say, well sure. Yeah, cool, yep, it's all of it. No, 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 no. Let me it all boils down to this. Are you praying? Are we praying together? Are we pressing into the things of God? Are we spending time saturated in prayer? Hello? Am I talking to the right people? And so this is a challenge here. This is a challenge for us as a church. I take my hat off to Pentecost Church of which we served and And led worship in, and uh, Tim Hall spoke out during this week that 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 they've had virtually—it's not quite ten days straight of meetings, but they've they've had virtually almost the entire week of nightly meetings, and and it's developed this hunger in the church, and they and you know they're not much bigger than we are. And yet people are turning up every single night because they're starting to catch the fire of what God is intending for them. Hello? And so there's this nature of where we've got to be like Paul. Paul said, I set my face like a flint. What does that mean? It means whatever hits me is going to create a spark. Right? I set my face like a flint in order to gain the prize. Yeah. Friends, we've got to have a one-track mind when it comes to the kingdom. The Bible says it this way, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Yeah. I think sometimes, and I get it, both Anna and I have faced I I would almost, look, we don't play the comparison game, but you know, the conversation that Anna and I have had from time to time is, I don't know many people that have faced the difficulties that we've faced. I don't know many, there's a a lot. We had Canon Andrew White, the vicar of Baghdad here. Man, he takes the cake. Man, he's been abducted, kidnapped, ransomed, tortured, like unbelievable. And yet this guy doesn't talk about any of that. All he wants to know is, do you know that you're loved? That's it. Just unbelievable. But you know, sometimes we can get hung up on the difficulty of life. Because life can be difficult, right? It can be very, very difficult. But you see, there's a promise here that says, put the kingdom first. Put those things right Get your priorities right. Get your thoughts right. And we're gonna be talking about this in personal discipleship. Get those things right. And what tends to happen is the rest of those things start to fall in line with the kingdom. How many know that God loves you? Right? God loves you heaps, right? Right? John three sixteen: for God so loved the world that he gave his only son to die a horrific death in order to, for us to be here today living in freedom. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. He rose again, the Holy Spirit was poured out and the day of Pentecost is what we're talking about today. In order for us to have this simple priority and yet, and yet, We all let life get in the way of this simple priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added. <sighs> Simply put, is this, put God first. Amen? Yeah. Put God first. And so we've been on this journey of personal discipleship and <clears throat> we've been talking about this last week. I, it was called uh, Set Your Sails." Who was here last week, yeah? All right, set your sails. Can you remember the three points of setting your sail? Sail one was what? Can you call it out? What do you think? Your words, your words the words that you speak, that's right. We're gonna pick that up. Sail two was what? His word. His word, that's right. Yeah, the word of God, learning the word of God. Can you remember what sail three, we kind of almost didn't get there, but we mentioned it at the end. What is it? prayer and specifically praying in tongues. I love uh, our home base at the moment. Our home base is just growing immeasurably in, in this level of personal discipleship. And you know what? A lot of it is starting with Tongues, praying in tongues. I mean, look, it's been started two years ago, but, but it's, it's, like, it's like praying in tongues, pressing in in tongues and, and developing that spiritual perfect language with God, right? <clears throat> and so, and so <clears throat> if we can get that first slide up, please. Um, uh, personal discipleship, words, prayer and the Bible. Oh, that's interesting. That's kind of cool, but that's what, that, that wasn't intended. You're not seeing what I'm seeing online. See that green? Yes. All right, it's now see-through and those words are over my face. How cool is that? So if you're watching online, that's an added bonus. That's for free. Personal discipleship, words, prayer, and the Bible. Slide two, please. I was sitting at my desk just recently well i wasn 't actually I was standing and because uh, I got a stand up desk and and I had the had the back window open, and I am so. So so thankful for um, uh, our new uh, our mezzanine offices as opposed to being being down in these offices. So so grateful, and um, and I was I was sitting there and we, we'd set I'd set up a couple of uh, you know some pictures some um, collectible pictures actually um, their uh, World War Two uh, uh, memorabilia. And, uh, and, you know, I'd set them up on a, on a new uh, shelf and, uh, and I had this horse. Now, Shiloh gave me this, this, you know, beautiful cast horse, thoroughbred, beautiful, beautiful, beautifully. I, I love horses and, and it's quite heavy. And anyway, I was standing there just working, working away, working away. And then suddenly I heard bang, crash. I thought, what has happened here? And one of those pictures have knocked the heavy horse and it has all come crashing down. I know, it's the headless, legless horse. Now, the horse had to be put in the bin because I didn't have the patience to fix it. And so, and all the bits had been just absolutely smashed to pieces. But the truth is this, is that a little gust of wind came through that open window and just wiped everything out. And it just ruined my day. Can I just say that? My entire day, I was like, are you kidding me? Like anybody had those days before? Where the wind has just blown and it's just blown you up the wrong way? It actually highlighted the nature that, look, In one way or another, we're all broken, right? Hello? Now, I don't look out and see any headless, legless people this morning, right? But a bit like that horse, the wind has blown us around and we've fallen off. But you see, personal discipleship involves a commitment to growing in faith through prayer, studying the Bible and using words to encourage others. You see, we've got to understand that we are born into this state. We're born into a sinful world. And I know some of us here are absolutely perfect. But underlying that perfectness (laughs) is an issue that Jesus came to deal with called sin. Right? And in that area of sin, sometimes we ain't that perfect. Me included. I know it's hard to believe. (laughs) But you see, as we go through our life, iron sharpens iron and you make me a better man, honey. We are shaped by the things that influence us, you see. We're shaped by it. The wind blows, the horse falls off, my day falls apart. I'm I'm being influenced by the things that are happening around me. How much more are we influenced by the things that are happening within us? Hello? Even the words that we speak to ourselves. Hello? Right? And you see, as we go through this, we have to understand that yes, we are broken and we need being made whole, and Jesus came to do that. There is that promise. There is that promise that God has given to us that he is here to make us whole. But you see, therein lies the truth that it is our responsibility to outwork that, to appropriate that, and that, my friends, is called Personal discipleship. And only you and only me are responsible for that. Hello? So that no matter what life throws at us, we're on that path of personal discipleship. Amen? I read this last week and I feel I wanna say it again. I believe, church, that we're coming into a busy second half of the year. And the reason why I say that, some of us go, oh, can it get any busier? I hear you, right? (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to go off topic for a minute. I, I can't believe at the moment, the more leaders and churches and people in church that I talk to Somebody said to me, there must be some conspiracy between churches. I said, what are you you talking about? And they said, because there is a significant and main theme being preached and prayed about in virtually every church in Melbourne at the moment. Okay, well, what does that mean? That means, firstly, firstly... Church leaders are listening to the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the Holy Spirit's moving. The Holy Spirit is speaking. And I believe that even now, church, be personally ready. And I emphasize personally ready. Be personally ready to help others know Jesus. Be personally ready to give an account for your life story of how Jesus has helped you. Be personally ready to invite people to church because I think you're going to find this. Yeah, I'll come. What? Hello? Do you know why we're not seeing people saved in church? We're not inviting them because we don't think they're hungry. Friends, there has never been a time that they're more hungry and even more so the Holy Spirit is moving in people and moving upon people just waiting for that seed to be sown. Jesus loves you. That seed, Jesus loves you. He does? Gee, I I thought Christianity was Ned Flanders off The Simpsons or it was what the, uh, the media portray Christians to be like, some nutcases who... You know, we were, we were loving, we were loving, we were watching, who, who really dislikes late night TV? Have you, have you seen that series First Dates where they put people together in that, in that restaurant? Oh, it's, it's, it's high quality television, right? <laughs> high quality. Anyway, it just came on. And there were these two Christian people Right, one guy got saved, like lost a heap of weight, turned his life around, right? But he they were like two people just totally first, you know, in love and they were they loved Jesus and it was just like it was like Gee, Christians appear to be weird. <laughs> Hello? <coughs> right? But but the world sees Christians as weird. That's okay. The Bible said that the world's gonna see us as being pretty weird. Hello? Right? I'm not talking Ned Flanders, weird, but I am talking different, right? The world is looking, all right? Roman says that the the world world is groaning for the realisation of the sons of men. In other words, the earth is in pregnant expectation for us to step into that place of where we're bold enough to say, hey, Jesus loves you, can I pray? Would you like to come to church? I'm going, I'll pick you up. It's amazing. I think you'll find people will say yes. Some will say no. Some will say yes after the sixth invitation. But let me tell you, it'll change their life in the same way that it's changed yours. The truth is, your life will not change unless you make adjustments according to the leading of the word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I read this last week and I feel just to read it again. And this, we, we can't sugarcoat this, okay? You ready? Just poke the, per- poke the person beside you and say, are you ready? If you and I, so I'm, this is an us statement, It's not me to you, it's if you and I, okay, you ready? If you and I would be shown the halls of hell and realise what you and I have been saved from, then our passion levels for worship and the word would look very different than they do today. I think it was William Booth said, give me, what was it, two men or three men and uh, let me show them the halls of hell and I'll change the world. Something like that. Very interesting statement, isn't it? Friends, it's not just a sobering thought, it's not to bring us down a level, it's actually to lift us up. Hello? Yeah? Okay. So, I wanna describe this to you, which is sort of part two from last week. Is slide three, thanks guys. Personal discipleship is this doing something to become someone. Doing something to become someone. Are you ready for something funny? Yeah. All right, you ready? Yeah. <clears throat> When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Baker? Yeah, I think Jackson wants to be a baker, I've heard. Hairdresser? School teacher? Yeah? A mermaid. Wow. Aren't kids great though? When I oh, want, I want to grow up. I want to be an astronaut. I mean, what? Like, what are the what are the chances of somebody becoming an astronaut? Pretty darn slim. Maybe with the growth of you know Tesla and all those rockets they're sending up, you know, maybe the chances have increased that a little bit more. But you know, or a fireman, or you know, something spectacular, right? Uh, I, I've I've got a couple of things that the kids that kids have have said have said, um, um, uh, what do you wanna be when I grow up? Mummy, I wanna be a mirror cleaner when I grow up. Why is that? It's something I can see myself doing. I know. My dad asked me what I wanted to, and this is, I'm reading jokes out, you ready? My dad asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and uh, I said, I wanna be an astronaut like the great Neil Armstrong, but instead of going to the moon, I'm going to the sun. My father said, That's crazy. He told me the sun was too hot and nobody can go to the sun because they will all die. I told him, No, silly. I'm going to the sun when it's nighttime. <laughs> My father sent me to a school for special children. Yeah. I want to be a counterfeiter when I grow up. I hear they make good money. <laughs> <laughs> all really, right, last one. Last one. It's good, isn't it, right? Ooh. Okay, my yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon that was uh Ruben or Levi, I'm sure of it. Um my friends always laughed at me when I told them that I want to become a comedian when I grow up. Comedian. Well no one's laughing now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, that was like I shouldn't have ended on that one. That was like that was that was the best one, was it? No. It was not the best one, right, 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 right. Anyway, the truth is that we, we are doing something to become someone. We're doing something to become someone. Friends, that's what personal discipleship is. You are doing something today to become someone tomorrow. And, and you might say, well, you know, I, I can't change who I am. No, 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 we're not talking about changing who you are. We're talking about you becoming the person that God has called you to be. And you see, friends, it's almost as though Paul, when he describes in the, God, in, in the New Testament, it's almost as though he describes that, you know, when he gets to the end, he says, I have run the race and I have finished the course that Jesus has set for me. It almost seems that we're we're doing something now to become someone, but that becoming someone, we only start to realise by doing something. Hello? We've heard the saying, a rolling stone gathers no, right? And you see, we gotta get into this space of personal discipleship that, that we are content with continual growth. And if we're not growing, if we're not walking in that growth, then then I would suggest to you is that we are too content with who we are today. Hello? And, and so when there's a call to prayer or when there's a call to worship, it's only a half response as opposed to a full response, understanding and realising that what we need to do is step up into saying, yes, Holy Spirit, I am gonna respond with obedience to you because I am doing something to become someone. Friends, I'm talking about your identity in Jesus. I'm talking about where that internal narrative that happens within our heart and within our mind starts to reflect more of Jesus than more of Matt or more of insert your name. Hello? All right, let's talk about this for a minute we know that the Bible talks about renewing our mind. We all on the same page? Renew your mind so that you may approve the perfect and acceptable will of God. We also know, we also know, I've got it here somewhere. Proverbs 23, seven, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. There's two ways that I read this sometimes. As a man thinks, yes, sometimes we can overthink. As a man, as a person, as you and I think, then in our hearts, That's what we believe to be true. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as a man thinks within his life, within his heart, as you and I think within our heart, so am I. If that's true, then your life reflects the outpouring of your heart. The Bible goes on to say that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Then it goes on to say in James chapter three that the power that, that, that words are powerful. So let's Let's just dwell on this for a minute. If we are doing something to become someone and yet today you and I have not attained to be walking in that process, to be walking in that space, then as I think, as I process these thoughts, as I dwell on them, then what starts to happen is as I resolve it, and I mean, the mind is, our minds are amazing, aren't they? Like God has made them really incredibly well. The Bible goes on to say that the battlefield is our mind. You know, I mean, there's one reference where Jesus spoke to the devil and said, you know the mind of man, but you don't know the mind of God, right? Right? This is worth thinking about, (laughs) yeah. Because if the enemy knows how we think, then he can influence what falls 12 inches into our heart. And the heart is a wonderful oven. It's a wonderful incubator. Have you ever had someone say something to you? and it's hurt you, and you've taken it to heart? Hello? And then it's affected you, and it's hurt you? Hello? Words are powerful, aren't they? Let me tell you, Jesus has come to heal you of that, set you free of that, break that off you, and Stop allowing the enemy to pull you back and the enemy is stopping you from doing something to become the someone who Jesus has called you to be. So as our heart incubates those thoughts and and dwells on it, then the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, The mouth speaks, and as we speak those things out, whether it's really good or whether it's really bad, what happens is it creates life or it takes away life. The Bible talks about idle words, idle words. The Bible also says... <laughs> that everyone will be held accountable for the words, that they, the idle words that we speak. Imagine with me one thing for a minute. Are you ready? Imagine what our community would be like when we begin to speak words of life into our children and into our families and into our community and into our friends and to our leaders and, and to over the government. And hello? Imagine how our streets would change. Imagine. <coughs> just imagine with me what our community might look like when we start to begin to speak these words of life. Let's open our Bible to James chapter three. James chapter three, we read it last week. My brethren, verse one. Let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Can I, I'll just say this, I'll just say this here. Um, I, I uphold the leaders within Manningham Christian Centre. Do you know why? Because before God, they will receive a stricter judgment for the influence that they have. You know, sometimes, sometimes in Australia, we, we lack, you know, correct, correct culture of honour. And we lack correct honour when it comes to those who minister on the platform. I know I'm the one standing here saying this right now, okay? But this is a place and this is a moment of discipleship, okay? We lack that because we forget that people place their eternal judgment on the line every single time we walk up here and we speak. Anybody volunteering to preach next week? <laughs> Friends, understand, understand what's being said here.' It's, it's very, very true. And what happens is is even more so, we lack the uh, honor due to the weight of the word. and I'm talking about his word, the Bible. Hello. Verse 2. That's just verse 1. I'm trying to get through 15 verses here. You ready? Hello? Okay. For we all stumble in many things. This is an amazing verse. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. Let's interchange person. If anyone does not stumble in word. He is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. This would almost seem to me to be like the apex moment of a person's life. That absolute incredible moment where personal discipleship has rallied to the point of where you can stand up and say, I'm perfect. Right? And we laugh, we smirk at it because we know <laughs> that we're destined to fail. Hello? But understand this, the way Jesus has presented us before the Father is absolutely perfect. His grace that has been poured out for us means that we can look and pursue this with our entire being and our entire life. We can pursue bridling our tongue, bridling our mouth to become and to be presented as the perfect man. I think too often we're defined by our fail, failures as opposed to being defined by what we're attaining to and what Jesus has already declared us to be. Hello? Well, I can't attain to that, you know, Matt, because, you know, uh, you know, the, you know uh, look, I fail all the time and, and I just can't do that. Hey, 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 listen. You've been forgiven, you've been set free. Now it enables you to walk in that grace to obtain the goal, to obtain the prize. Hello? Verse three, indeed we put bits in horses' mouths that they must obey us and, <clears throat> and we turn their entire body. We... Um, I love riding horses, and it's been a long time since I've been able to do that. But, um, but I love riding horses, and I used to take out trail rides, up uh, up in the Hauqua Valley, and uh, it was just like it was my apex moment. No, no, no. It was a great. It was just a beautiful time, and um, uh, and I used to ride this horse. I can't even remember the horse's name yet. It's not important, um, but. Uh, She was a beautiful uh, horse trained in dressage. Now I haven't been trained in dressage, and if you know anything about dressage, then it's less work with the reins and it's more with how you move your knees and you squeeze and you um, all all of that. And the and the so you send signals and instructions to the horse through how you squeeze and all of that sort of jazz, right? And so. Um, whenever I would get on her uh, and she was essentially the lead horse, um, I would be sending her two signals all the time. One I didn't know and the other one was through the bit on, on her mouth. And so we came to an understanding that she knew whenever I got on her, I had no idea what I was telling her, right? <laughs> the story of a man. Anyway, and so... Um, and so. Uh, I was, um, and so anyway, and like she was a bit short too and I'm six foot four, like it looked ridiculous. But what was happening is whenever I would do that, it would take a couple of days for her to understand that, uh, that, for her to catch on what I'm trying to get her to do, right? And so um, the first thing's first is she'd, like, you'd get on and she'd just, she'd prance around like this all the time. And and for those of you who may not do a lot of horse riding, it it looks like you've just gotten on this awesome steed. Have you ever seen somebody get on a horse that's just, like, raring to go? And, you, and, you know, you look and go, whoa that guy must really know how to ride. The truth is, I didn't know how to ride her, right? And and so so she would be like, raring to go. Does that make sense? I don't know how else to describe it. And uh, and anyway, um, what would happen is that uh, there was roughly about 15, a group of 15 horses and old uh, scrub, which was a horse, would be at the lead horse, and I would need to ride up and down the line just to make sure everybody's okay. Just to make sure girths are good, stirrups are in, no one's falling off, no one's freaking out, and the horses that are almost ready for dog food are behaving okay. <laughs> like they were old horses, right? And, um, and anyway, so uh, up and down, up and down. Well, she loved to race, like she loved to run. And so what would happen is that as I'm coming back up the line to the front of the line is that that she just want to go. And man, she could run. And it was just like so exhilarating. And so, you know, anyway, I'd, I'd go past, but then I'd have to, you know, pull her up. And of course, I'm sending signals through my legs. I'm sending signals through the bit. And she wouldn't know what I'm wanting her to do. And so I would need to try and teach her by doing this one thing, is I had to pull her head around to get her to stop. And here is this powerful animal, right? Powerful, much more stronger than I. If she wanted me off, she could make it happen. And yet, here she is, and she's wanting to race, and I'm pulling her head around and she just goes around and around in circles. Now, to somebody who doesn't ride many horses, that looks very impressive. <laughs> it looks rodeo style, right? But it was not me trying to be impressive. It was me just trying to control this horse. But as, I, as you sit on the horse and you're pulling around to your, to your knee, her head and her mouth is literally almost touching my leg. And she's... You know, she's fighting this going, but, but I want to run, but I want to run. It's exactly the same that the Holy Spirit does for us sometimes. He will pull on the bit in our mouth and we'll kick, we'll scream, we'll prance around, we'll jump around, we'll get all worked up about it. But he says, no, I want you to change direction here. And the directional change that we're taking place is that we have to be on this path of personal discipleship. And this path of personal discipleship comes into this moment and comes into this place of prayer, His Word, and our words. Prayer awakens our heart to receive His Word. His word changes our thoughts that incubates in our heart and now the abundance of our heart, we begin to speak words of life. This directional change, friends, this important change, this doing something today to become someone tomorrow starts today. Today. I would encourage you today. Just make that agreement within your heart, and say, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend twenty minutes a day. I'm gonna spend an hour a day. Whatever it might be, so that you begin to to that your thinking adjusts, that it drops." into your heart, that it fills your heart. His word fills your heart, that you learn it, that you memorize it, that you meditate on it, that you think on it. Remember what what, what the Bible says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Jesus went on to say, you know, the, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Don't worry about the things you're gonna wear. Don't worry about the food that you're gonna eat. Don't worry about those things, for God knows that you need all of these things. In other words, in other words, Jesus is saying, lay down your cares, cast your cares upon Him, because He cares for you. Cast your anxieties upon the Lord, the Bible says. You know what that means? It means cast them. When you cast, when the fishermen would cast a net, they would grab the net and they'd, they'd let it go. Cast. And Jesus takes those anxieties. Because they're not for you to carry. There are things that you natu- that we naturally worry about. I get it. But the Bible says, cast those things aside. Give them to Him, for He cares for you. The Bible goes on to say, Look at the flowers of the field, how beautifully they're clothed. How much more does God love you? He sees every sparrow that falls to the ground. How much more does He love and care for you? Hello? Hello? Friends, there is a peace in here today that surpasses all understanding. There is a peace and a grace here today that enables you to do something, that you become someone. And that someone, that someone tells someone else to do something, that they might become someone. Hello? Friends, that's the discipleship journey that we're all on. Amen. Let's stand up on our feet, let's pray. Kia la bash, Shandarabasia, Shandarabas, Shambabas, 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 I don't often really intensely look into things, but I just feel prompted about this, that um, we have an alarm system in this auditorium. And, uh, and I, to best of my knowledge, we've had weird things happen here. You know, one time we turned up and there was a turtle at the front door. Is that just like nuts? Right? we we had a kangaroo behind the dumpster once like like unbelievable was a pigeon in here yesterday yeah so the alarm was on and there was a, somehow i just don't know i just don't know how there was a there was a pigeon and i and I, I was going god what's wrong with our alarm system you know that that thing should be setting it off if a if a spider sneezes our alarm system goes off right I sense it was a sign of what the Holy Spirit's wanting to do today. And it's like the dove, it's like a dove that brings peace, that his peaceful presence rests upon us. And we are at peace when we cast our cares upon him. And we can cast our cares upon him and totally be sold out, authentic for Jesus because he loves us so much. So, I think this is a a Paul and a Peter moment that silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I give to you, right? I think Jesus is saying that to us today. So many times he said, peace be with you, right? I just invite you, just close your eyes, lift out your hands, like you're gonna get a gift. And it's okay to come to church to get. Because I believe God wants to give. And I believe that He is giving you a gift of peace today. Jesus, we thank you right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are work at work within us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are, Mm, you just are. Holy Spirit, would you breathe upon us on this day of Pentecost? Lord, that even now we would begin to experience and celebrate the harvest that is to come. Holy Spirit, would you impart into us? Would you empower us today that we would do something to become the someone the someone that you are calling us to be, the someone that you are calling us up into, Lord. And now, Lord, I release this word that all who would hear it, Lord, would not hear me, but hear you, Lord. Lord, release that. Release that, I release that word right now. Holy Spirit, release your peace upon every single person, Lord. Let it be weighty, let it be powerful, let it be a fire, let it fulfill all that it has been purposed to fulfill, Lord. And Lord, we love you and we thank you for your presence and for what you are doing in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank
1: you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your Saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story.
0: Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We'll all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit battinghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.